Well, we are we have made it to June of well the off season, which has been underway for a couple of weeks now. Again, thank you all so much for making the month of May the most listened to um, month in the show's history. Thirty thousand downloads. Um, oh, I, I hope to crush that number uh, at some point, sometime this year. I mean, it may not be in the month of June since it's the off season, but um, you all are the best listeners on the planet. Um, I can't thank all of you enough, to say the least. Um, we have another action-packed show today. I'm going to get into the bottom six, starting with Brian Boyle's season review, if the Penguins should bring him back. Also get into a potential trade idea that the Penguins could make that may, might benefit um, a team that's in the Metropolitan Division as well. I don't think this has been thrown around there by too many people so far, but um, it's one that um, I, I came up with. Uh, kind of last night when I was brainstorming a couple of things, we'll get into the numbers and stuff and why, you know, it could be good for two players who I think maybe need a change of scenery. And we'll also start looking at maybe some defensive options. If the Penguins do make a, a defensive a defensive trade and they bring Crystal Tang back, do they sign someone because they think POJ is not ready? You know, who, who could that be? So that's all coming up right after this drop. You're locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oops. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You're going to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. I was watching the Rangers-Bolts game. It's 4-2 going into the third period. Um, again, I said this on my Tuesday episode. That team just looks like the team of destiny right now. Um, when they win the cup, and they very well may, um, I'm not going to say I told you so. They, they very much remind me of the 2017 Penguins. In the first period, it's what 1-1 one to one going into the second. Tampa Bay has 1.12 expected goals for. The Rangers have 0.2 expected goals for. Igor Shosturkin. Um, it just bail, bailed them out, and now the Rangers are four two because their kid line is absolutely torturing Andre Vasilevsky. It's not very rare; it's very rare, I should say, um, when Vasilevsky gives up uh, four goals, if not um, three. You know, this was the first time he's given up more than one. I think since Game Six of the first round against Toronto, um, <clears throat> he's he's been that good. So I'm not going to be surprised if the Rangers win the series, even though I do have the Bolts winning this. Um, in six games. So let's continue our player evaluations going into um, next season. We did most of the top six. Let's get now to the bottom six. And we start here with Brian Boyle, who is a pending UFA. Um, I will say this, you know, he definitely surprised me a lot this season. I ate a lot of crow. Um, you know, I, I gave my opinion on it. I said, it's probably not going to be that good. He ended up being a, a pretty serviceable depth piece, even though he's a, a bit, older in his thirties now. And he proved me on a lot of people wrong. You know, my, you know, my, my opinion is not fact here. I will never claim it uh, to be fact. I try to give the best analysis that I can with, you know, just with what I watch and, and what I see and what the numbers tell me and what my, what my eye test obviously tells me. So, you know, when stuff doesn't work out for me, I, I shrug and move past, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get some hits. I'll take some L's at the end of the day. I don't really lose sleep over it. I was actually really happy for him to prove me wrong because he really was, um, excuse me, a great story for the Penguins this year. You know, comes in, scores over double-digit goals, mainly playing on the fourth line, played in 66 games for the Penguins this year. Ten of those goals um, 
or at 5e5. Uh, 19 total points, I should say, at 5e5 this year. Underlying numbers-wise, um, better than they were um, from his 2019-20 stint with the Florida Panthers. When he was on the ice, the Penguins had close to 50% of the shot attempts, so he was close to breaking even um, there. Actual goals for percentage, 54.7%. Um, expected goals, 50.7% this year. That's the highest it's been since 2017-18 when he played a nice 69 games with the New Jersey Devils. Um, the, the Penguins only had 47.4% of the scoring chances at 5v5. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, when he was on the ice. It's still a bit step up <clears throat> from the previous two seasons when he, when he was with Nashville and Florida. High danger chances, the Penguins had 48.6%. Of those high danger goals, though, really good, 62.5%. And the best thing is, you know, he scored over double-digit goals this year, and he only shot 7.5% um, at 5v5. Um, compared to where he was um, last time he was in the NHL, almost 10% before that, 5%, 11% in 2018-19 with New Jersey. Um, you know, two of those last three seasons, you know, 10% or basically higher on both those times. So the fact that he did that on a pretty low shooting percentage, um, I thought was pretty solid. Um, but, you know, the big, the, big, the big question is, you know, should the Penguins bring him back? And right now, I am kind of leaning towards no because they, they have players in-house either on the team right now or down in Wilkesbury or out there in free agency that you can sign pretty cheaply and are better offensively and I think can contribute more on the PK. I thought down the stretch, you know, Boyle, he just he was losing his step a little bit in, in the playoff series against the Rangers. Um, I just never really thought he fit against that team. Um, was definitely one of their worst penalty killers. And, you know, you can look up the numbers um, and all that. You know, even just eye test-wise, was always a step slow when the Rangers were moving the puck in the defensive zone when the Penguins were down to man. Um, his his legs were definitely starting to show there. And, you know, going into the season, you know, I was like, yeah, no, maybe if it's a 13th forward, it's okay. But, you know, if he's able, if he's going to be playing a lot of games, I wasn't going to be too of a fan of it. Obviously, again, you know, the offense was better than anyone expected. But, you know, you could definitely see him starting to, I guess, have some fatigue down the stretch and into the playoffs. Um, you know, that's part I mean, that's he, he's almost 40 here, people. So, um, well, I mean, he's on the opposite side of, you know, 35 at this point. So it wasn't too surprising that he was going to get a little bit fatigued. Um, at the end of the day, I still don't think the Penguins should bring him back. I mean, think about, you know, Redeem Zahorna, he has a one-way contract with the team next year. You know, they're really going to want to see what do they have in this player, right? You know, that that's going to be fairly interesting. You know, Drew O'Connor, he's going to be ready to come up. Um, I already talked about Terry Pustin when I talked about some of the kids in Wilkesbury a, a couple of episodes ago. You know, there's going to be plenty of, you know, depth forwards in free agency that are going to be there for the taking. You know, maybe you don't have to pay, I don't know, $2.75 million for a Brock McGinn for four years, but, you know, you can maybe pay for a couple of years for a depth player that makes $1.5 to $2 million that can do what he does, but a lot better. And I do think that's what the Penguins need to do here. Um, during the offseason. Obviously, you know, I, I thank Boyle for everything he did this season. And, you know, I was glad he was, he, was a, even, he was even able to come back and play hockey after everything he's been through. But I still think right now his services are best used on another team. You know, again, I'll say it for the third or fourth time, really enjoyed him this season. He was obviously well-liked in the locker room. I think everyone on the team had the utmost respect for him. And, you know, rightfully so, you know, he came in on a professional tryout 
remember, you know, he had to, yeah, he had to make the team out of camp and in the preseason just to get a contract. And, you know, played well enough, did good in the regular season, struggled in the playoffs, didn't make that much money. So I'm not really too upset about that. And, you know, he's maybe hopefully going to be able to go out and maybe make a little more money and hopefully get a guaranteed contract from a different team um, in 2022, 2023. So right now, you know, I just, I don't think it will be in the Penguins' best interest to sign him just because, you know, the salary cap is obviously very real. With this team, they have other bigger priorities than him right now. And when that time comes to potentially find a replacement, you know, you're really not going to have to look too far. This is going to sound a little mean, um, but its I don't think it's too bad. Um, but he's the kind of player that's very easy to replace, whether you're looking down in Wilkes-Barre or whether you're looking via free agency or, you know, if you need to make a trade for a depth forward, um, you know, you can do that just fine too. So at the end of the day, I'm not really sweating it. Am I thinking for everything he's done for the team? But, you know, in, in my opinion, and yes, I stress this is my opinion, um, I, I don't think he should be um, on the team next year with how he played in the playoffs and just a little bit down the stretch. So that wraps up this first segment of the episode today. Coming up in that the second segment, we're going to get to that potential trade idea slash proposal that I came up with in my head and, you know, why I think it makes sense um, for both teams. But before... Um, I get to that. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why should you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more from the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business and do it yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. You can go explore their easy choose website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, and you can write locked on in their hydrogen hear us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, live below prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO Penguins. And I am just loading up everything that's the stuff I need right here on natural statrix. So, this is what I am potentially thinking, and it would, I think, make sense for both teams, though. Would these teams trade with each other? I'm not sure. What would you all think, and yes, this might be silly season here, what would you all think of potentially dealing Kasperi Kapanen for Martin Natchez of the Carolina Hurricanes? Both are basically RFAs. I know, I mean, obviously I know Kapanen is, and I know um, Natchez is too, and he, he really – um, struggled this season. Um, this was, he was not himself, um, which was really, really weird. And yes, I, I did have to, I, I just wanted to double check. Um, he was um, an RFA, you know, this year, uh, 10 goals, 32, uh, 5v5 points. Um, but it just, he wasn't that same player that we saw um, last year with the hurricanes where he was just everywhere um, on the ice. Um, and the same goes for Kasperi Kapanen. Um, he had he basically lost all of his confidence this year um, for the Penguins, would always just come into the offensive zone, curl back, and just pass it off, and he's not able to shoot it. Um, <clears throat> you know, defensively, he sure he made strides, but you know, whether it was his whether it was his release, his playmaking ability, just his lack of forechecking, 
um, it wasn't there. And I, and I don't think he should be back next year, even though he, he'll probably get a qualifying offer. Um, I, I still would not sign him to a contract unless it's probably like, you know, um, a million or something like that. But overall, the season for NHS, you know, 40 points in 78 games last year, 41 points in 53 games, um, which is obviously a lot um, better production wise. I mean, he was probably on pace to have um, 55 to 60 points last year. Um, this year, he gets 40 points in, in an 82-game season, so it was a little bit of a step back. You know, you go into his underlying numbers, 55% of the shot attempts this year for the Hurricanes when he was on the ice, 53% of the actual goals for. Expected goals um, right around 50%, 50% of the scoring chances. Um, did not break even in high danger, 48.1%. High danger goals, though, um, 51.1% for the Hurricanes when he was on the ice. Um, I would be in favor for the Penguins to make this trade. Um, and same for Carolina, because I would love for Kapanen to get his confidence back on a team such as the Hurricanes. You know, they'll ask him to shoot the puck a lot. I think Rod Brindamore will, you know, go to bat for him. He always goes to bat for his players. He is the textbook players coach, um, as some like to call him. Um, and I think it's definitely like a, a move that Carolina would maybe make just because, you know, they, they kind of go bargain hunting for their moves. They don't really like to pay you know, a lot of their players, to say the least. I mean, their biggest contracts right now, Svechnikov, Aho, and Teravine. Um, and um, I think Aho and Svechnikov make over eight. Um, Teravine makes – I can just double-check that here um, real quick. I just had that, actually, um, on my account friendly. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll take a look at it here um, real quick when I get a chance, but um, – you know, they, they balked at offering Dougie Hamilton a long-term contract. They took a flyer on Tony D'Angelo. That worked out really well. They uplifted their goaltending. They brought in two players who, you know, and Auntie Ronson and Anderson for a bit cheap, uh, to say the least. They didn't really want to pay the Delkovich even $4 million. So, you know, this is a team, you know, they, they don't often spend to the cap. And Kapanen, he's not really going to get a lot on his next contract. I could definitely see the Hurricanes, you know, for an analytically inclined team as they are, saying, hey, you know what? Maybe this was a really off year for him. He's had a couple of really good years in the NHL. Let's see what he can do. Um, on, on Obviously on an offense base for a team, you can put him with maybe Svechnikov and Aho. You can put him with Tara Vinen or something like that. Um, you know, he, he was good defensively this year. And then for, for Nichas, you know, he, he had a little bit of an off year too. And, you know, maybe a change of scenery is what he needs. On the Penguins, I don't really think he's going to be getting a lot on his contract either. I think they'll be able to afford him, and he should be good to give them, you know, 15, maybe upwards of 20 goals next year. You can play him on the third line with Jeff Carter, something like that. Heck, you may, maybe play him um, on, Evgeny, on Evgeny Malkin's line, uh, potentially too, if Danton Heinen comes back and um, if Chino comes back. Um, it, it's an idea that I, I do think makes sense. Um, though, would Ron Hextall do it? Um, I'm not sure, you know, would Don Waddell do it? No, I'm also not sure. You know, this is silly season for a reason, but, um, in terms of two players that struggled this year, that could use a change, um, that this is as good as you're going to get, um, <clears throat> to be honest. And yes, there's the factor of, well, you know, there are two teams in the same division though. They're not really division rivals to say the least. I mean, I don't think these two teams have made a trade. Um, um, obviously I know they did made the, uh, the Jordan stall trade, but, um, I, I actually can't even remember the last time uh, the Penguins and the Hurricanes made a trade. I'm, I actually am going to double check that here real quick just to see when he did make a trade. Um, 
Yeah. Um, and when everything that like pulls up on Google, um, yeah, I actually they might I might think that that is the last time they made a trade. I I legitimately cannot remember um, the last time those two teams uh, made a deal. So is it unlikely? Sure, but would it be a good trade, especially for the Penguins? Yes, and again, and I do think it makes sense for the Hurricanes because you know it would be so Penguins for Kapanen to actually turn it around in Carolina and play like he did that last year in Toronto, and you know especially during that 2020-21 season for the Penguins where he had 10 goals and 30 points in 40 games. You know his underlying numbers this year they weren't bad defensively. He made a lot of strides. It was just his play in the offensive zone with the puck. His shot was not there. Four checking, he just it just he really lacked. In that regard, and you know, I just think Mike Sullivan ran out of ideas with him um, this season. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get uh, to his season review um, a little bit later on during the offseason, probably in the next couple of days to a week. Um, but you know, in terms of a trade, you know, that could maybe surprise some fans. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, I, again, I, I think this would make a lot of sense for the Penguins. So you know, t- tell me what you all think. You know, would you all do this trade? Do you, would you like Martin Nichess with the Penguins? Um, did you like my explanation for why um, it could make sense from both teams' perspective? Let me know in the YouTube comments. You, know, you can DM me on Twitter. You know, you can find me on any of my social media. I've had people, you know, find my Instagram and stuff like that. And, and honestly, you know, I don't really, you know, care if people follow me on Instagram. To be honest, I don't really post anything um, on there anyway. But that wraps up this second segment of the show. Coming up with the final segment, we'll get to some defensive free agents that could make sense if the Penguins do make a trade along their left-handed uh among one of their left-handed defensemen and if they decide that poj is not ready to come up yet but before i get to that our partners at betonline continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info you can find all the latest odds news and sports developments um including this year's basketball playoffs major league baseball scores fights and even next season's nfl futures betonline is a continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs esports and more you can head to the website today or use your phone to learn more about the trends in action. That is Ben Online, where the game starts. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, LO underscore Penguins. Of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So, you know, doing a little bit of research on Cap Friendly here. Um, and, you know, some of the best left-handed D out there. Um, I saw Nick Letty and, you know, I don't make a lot of plus minus. Don't, I, that's the, one of the last stats I use. Um, but it does jump out at me that he was a minus 30 this year. Uh, that is very bad. Um, that's not a number you want to be at. Um, he's also just too old, I think, at this point. And, um, well, he's 31, but he plays like he's kind of 35 or 36. He, he's washed at this point. I don't think he makes too much sense. Danny DeKaiser is a UFA. Um, I'll pass. He had 11 points in 59 games. Um Calvin Dahan at 31, he he was a player that I used to really like, um, but, you know, he's really fallen off as of late. Um, you know, Nikita Zadorov, I think I touched on him about a couple of weeks ago. I would love if the Penguins brought him in. You know, I, I, I don't think I touched on his underlying numbers too much um, on this podcast. I can right here um, if you all, uh, well, if you all let, just let me here, if I can just do this. Um, look at these numbers from the regular season and the playoffs. So career high stuff, 74 games, 59% of the shot attempts for the flames when he was on the ice, 54% of the actual goals for them when he was on the ice, 
Um, 55% of the expected goals for the Flames, 57% of the scoring chances for them when he was on the ice, 54% of the high danger chances for the actual high danger goals for 57.8%. Um, he was, he's never, he's been above 50% once in high danger. He's been above 50% once in scoring chances, once in expected goals and once for shot attempts. This was a breakout year for this player, um, he's only 27 years old, had 22 points. Um, if I look up how much money he made here, just to see how much of a raise he could potentially be getting. Um, let me take so, um, well, cap friendly is just being like r- r- ridiculous here. Um, let me just make sure. So he, he was making okay, his AAV was 3.75 this year. Um, it was a one-year deal when he signed it back in August. Um, he might ask for a raise. Um, you know, his his counting stats weren't that good, but if teams really do look at those those underlying numbers, uh, he's going to be getting a decent raise. I would not be surprised if someone throws four point five to four point six million at him. I mean, if I were the Penguins and I had the cap space, um, he would be someone I would target right away. I mean, you know, I'm just kind of imagining him on this team and not Brian Dumoulin for next year, who was way worse than Zadorov. I mean, you know, Zadorov brought a lot of offense to the Flames, was solid defensively, has a nice first pass, his own entries, his own exits. Um, his numbers there were also really good. Um, I would move heaven and hell for the Penguins to go after him if they need a defensive replacement for one of the three um, left-handed guys if they feel like POJ is not ready. He, he, he makes a lot of sense in that regard. Will Butcher... Um, in Buffalo, he's only 27, um, still young enough where I think he could maybe use a little bit of a turnaround. I mean, remember Mike Matheson was kind of in a, kind of in the gutter when he was in Florida comes here, plays the best hockey of his life with Tar and coaching him. I think will butcher on a cheap deal. That would make sense. Don't sue me. Um, you know, I, I think his numbers are fine for maybe a bottom pairing guy. Um, again, that's if they don't think POJ is ready. Um, I do think he would make sense as well. Alex Edler, um, I will pass. Ben Sherratt, no thanks. Ian Cole is an interesting case, but I, the only reason I would say no to that is because him and Mike Sullivan, I don't think really saw eye to eye when when he was there. I mean, remember, I think it was a healthy scratch at times um, during his last season when he was there. You know, he ended up being traded. Um, well, he ended up being in the big trade package when they got Derek Broussard and, you know, again, I, I would love to make that trade again. Yeah, you know, just he, no, no one saw him stinking that bad. Um, I remember people saying that that was gonna that trade would come back to regret, would come back, um, and haunt the Penguins. And you know, I, I liked Dean Cole at the time. I think he was a very defensively responsible player. I still think he would. I still think he is that. Um, but you know, he he is a little bit older right now. Um, are you all comfortable signing him to be? You know, play on the left side again because right now. You know, I think that all three of their left-handed D are better than Cole. But if one does go, you know, is he the worst option to bring in? No. Is he the best option? You know, probably not either. Um, he would make sense. But I, I still think you can probably go for someone a bit younger and someone a bit cheaper to again. And obviously, um, the coaching aspect with Mike Sullivan, um, I just he, – he, him and, you know, them two never saw um, eye-to-eye. Um, you know, a couple others here, Tom, I mean, Thomas Hickey played two games this year. No, Michael Kempney, 
No, Mark Stahl's really bad now. Ethan Bear would be really intriguing, but he is an RFA, though. Do the Hurricanes trade his rights to another team? That's another trade that the Penguins, you know, that they could be, um, you know, interested in that player, um, especially if Crystal Tang walks in. And, I, and I'm not saying Ethan Bear is going to be the next Crystal Tang. He's not, to say the least. But I could see them being interested in him, you know, to bring in him in and hopefully, I guess, you know, help out the right-handed, just just help out the right side um, a little bit if, God forbid, Latang um, is not here next year. You know, Bear was a healthy scratch all playoff long for the Hurricanes. I don't think that's going to sit well um, with him. And, you know, he could potentially ask out. Um, you know, he I think he deserved to play um, in the playoffs for the Hurricanes. He had a good regular season for them. Um, had I think it was almost 20 points this season. Underlying numbers have always been strong. Um, he is another player I would look at for at least for the right side. Um, if Crystal Tang um, does not come back, otherwise, you know that the the market here, you know, kind of a little barren. I mean, you know, Ilya Labushkin, uh, he's a UFA. You know, that wouldn't be, I don't think, the worst idea. Andre Sekarub with the Dallas Stars, he's a bit too old. Robert Hag, no, thank you. Troy Stetcher with the Kings is a UFA, probably not. Justin Braun, we all see him get absolutely walked by the Crosby line um, in that series. Brett Kulak, um, he's a UFA as a left-handed option. He, he's done really well um, with the Edmonton Oilers right now. Um, I, I think he would make a lot of sense to bring in. He went for very cheap um, at the trade deadline, uh, to say the least, um, when he was traded from Montreal to Edmonton. Um, I think he could come in on a pretty cheap contract for the Penguins. So those are most of the targets that I I'm looking at. I'm, I'm probably going to do a deep, a big deep um, breakdown of some of these players as free agency gets to. But that, that's just a little tease of who I think the Penguins could go after uh, if they want to make some changes on the back end at both the left side if their trade is made, and potentially the right side if Crystal Tang does not come back. But that'll do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Of course, I understand the team's not making a lot of moves right now. It's very, very quiet. But the end, at the end of the day. Um, there's, there's still always things to talk about with this team. And I appreciate every single one of you listening to the show and listening to give me, you know, my analysis, my opinions on, you know, what the team should do with some moves this off season and, and, you know, just what I thought of some players um, from this past season and what they should do with them moving forward. So have another episode coming for you all on Thursday. You can check that out. Pro- hopefully I'm hoping for that in the afternoon. Um, I think, and then Friday, I'm going to hope for morning to afternoon that one. So again, thank you all so much for listening. Hope you all have a great rest of your night. Um, and I'll talk to you all on Thursday.